Hey folks, it's Andy cutting in here at the beginning of the episode to just let you know that, first of all, thank you so much for being patient with us as we're trying to figure out remote recording a little bit better as we go forward into week 722 of the quarantine from the Worldwide Health Scare. And second, the audio quality on this is not necessarily up to par with what our episodes usually are. Typically we record in a closed studio area with uh, a single mic that picks up the audio a lot better than obviously remote through Skype, which is what we ended up doing. We recorded these using the Skype recorder. They still are perfectly fine, just not up to our normal quality. So apologies in advance, and I hope you all enjoy. I hope you all are staying safe, and enjoy today's episode. What? Heroes never lose? Really? Why not? Why does good always have to win? That's totally not fair! Monsters have things they want too! And monsters try! They try really hard! So why do they always end up losing and getting killed? I root for them! What about what I think? I mean, monsters are cool too! Why should the popular win while the hated lose? It's tragic! If that's how the world works, then I will become the strongest monster, and I'll lose to no one. Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And the lame theme song means Andy's here. <laughs> Wait a minute. And yo, I'm back. I'm Bill. Hey. Hi, guy. Hi. Welcome to Quarantine Podcast. Uh, we are here. Tuning Quarantine? Tuning Quarantine. Yeah, Tuning Quarantine. Um quarantining japanese no 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 uh hey we're here to talk about anime here to talk about for part of our season five sets of reviews our review of the second season of one punch man where we're talking about episode 16 or three or i still can't make hide our hair of this uh we're talking about the metal bat yeah 16 slash four i think Four. Oh, it's right, because there's uh, 12 episodes yes. in the first season. Okay. Yes. Getting myself confused here. Slash four, uh, the metal bat is what we're going to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, we're here to discuss that. We are remote. Yep, because are, of stuff. W- world issues, the, the worldwide pandemic, the whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm a little bit of a southerner at heart, so, you know, all this shit going on. All, all this shit going on. Uh, yeah, so we are in our respective homes. Uh, we have had, uh, you know, it's been a struggle. I mean, we've got more time on our hands, but in some cases, less time, <laughs> you know, just kind of. I, I certainly don't. I'm the only one in my office. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. And uh, calls do come in. So, no, I'm, I'm keeping busy. I'm... As am I. Education doesn't stop as much as I 
some days I want it to, but it just doesn't. So uh, I'm making video lessons and doing things, and it's been it's been a it's been crazy. Um, which I think brings us to our first segment for today. Before we get into our review of episode 16, The Metal Bat, it's what are you doing during quarantine, Bill? This is our, this is our segment. I, I couldn't come up with a, a, a catchier title. That's more your um, avenue. Working. I'm a sacrificial employee, so. Uh... <laughs> now, you've been able to do some work from home, though, right? Uh, yeah, when when we're slow, which is why the, they furloughed who they have. I have been able to do training at home at least. I'm yeah. relatively new to this company, so I got plenty of training online to do. So I got the the go ahead to hey, instead of sitting in the office doing this, I can sit at home and do this. Yeah, work. Work is fun. Um, we we decided uh, we as in our English department decided that this online learning wasn't working for many of our students, so we made like a college for kids type experience, which. I wanted to call it college for quarantines, but they were kind of against, <laughs> against using that. But we, we, we set up like nine different courses and the three of us took three different courses. So I am kind of tripling my workload in some ways, Right. Um, but it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's all, everything's great. Everything. It's like that <laughs> meme where the dog's sitting and sipping coffee and everything's on fire. It's, it's kind of like that. Right. Right. But aside from from that, have you have you managed to spend some of your some of your downtime doing things that like you've wanted to do, like anything like bettering yourself or catching up on anything, some sort of media or anything along those lines? No, my life really hasn't changed that much. <laughs> I, I mean, aside from um, our Sunday games, uh, I did get a few uh, a few sessions in with the family. You know, we're kind of treating my mom as just part of the household basically because she's on her own anyway. So yeah, pretty much. Um, so aside from, you know, I, I've been teaching my, my 70 year old mother just per- we purchased for her, her very first set of dice. <laughs> so good. Um, and we got a couple of sets uh, for my, my wife and my daughter inherited a couple sets. So nice. We, you know, we've run a few sessions and I'm working out what the next one's going to be. Beautiful. Nice. Um, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to rip off the plot lines of Diablo a little bit. Perfect. And you know it's nuts. The butcher was like the first boss you fought, right? Yeah, yeah, the first big boss, the first big bad, scary thing. If you go off, if you go out online and try to find stats for the butcher, yeah, it's always like a twentieth level, a CR twenty. Yeah, what? every time. Yeah. How is that possible? I I don't know. You I guess they're assuming a... Diablo three and. You know, you're a, you're the Nephilim, so you're yeah. all big and bad anyway. But maybe you could gonna... just have them stand behind a graded wall and just continue to shoot spells and arrows through it. They'll be fine. They'll be there. We'll see if they use it, but it'll be there. <laughs> so good. Um, so I think I'm just going to take an ogre, a minotaur, or something, and reskin it. Hand it an axe instead of a club. Or minotaurs right. already have an axe. So well, there you go. So just, just make it a minotaur, and you're good. Clap an apron on that bad boy, and you're good. <laughs> Plus a minotaur, a minotaur wearing a butcher apron is uh, kind of fun in its own right. I enjoy that very much. I enjoy that a lot. Very, very cool. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I have uh, I've been trying to stay sane as much as possible. I've had a lot of late nights working on stuff for my work, but uh, I did manage to. I, I got myself a month of HBO again. Um, I haven't had HBO since um, I had it for Game of Thrones, um, but I had been meaning to watch Watchmen. Right. 
And I, I'm okay. You, you know that I'm not very good at binging television. It's not that a specialty I have. Truth. I sat down uh, the night that I got HBO and I watched the first four episodes of Watchmen. And I think no, actually, I think yeah, the first four episodes. I think I went to bed that night at like almost three thirty in the morning, which again for me, you Ooh. also know, I don't stay up late. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately the next day, like I watched the rest of the series. Uh-huh. It was really good. If you like Watchmen, if you like superheroes, it is worth watching. It's one of those things that you you think like they shouldn't be messing with it, but by God, it's some of the best writing and acting and anything I've seen in a very, very, very long time. I heard it was an incredible series. I, I do look forward to trying to get a hold of it at some point and see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend it. Fair enough. We realized Friday night that there was two new episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. They've started their second season. So yeah. um, I drank a couple pint glasses of White Russian and watched that and fell asleep <laughs> before before you guys got on Jackbox. Night. Yeah, we were wondering where you were. I assumed I, I assumed you fell asleep. That's great. Uh, yeah, so I've been I've been watching that and not a whole lot else, honestly. I mean, I'd started Avenue Five also on HBO. I'm gonna try to finish that before my HBO subscription ends in about a week. But um, yeah, it's been it's been just kind of surviving, playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Yeah, so I hear it's it's the new hotness. It's it came around uh, came around at I think the best possible time. This idea that like everyone is stuck inside, they want to go out and do things. They want to like have some some sense of normalcy. Here's a game where you just like have your own island and you can especially relaxing. It's not it's not like (laughs) high stress gaming. No, I mean it came out the same day that Doom Eternal came out. So like there those definitely cater to two very different ways of coping with the quarantine. That's for sure. So without further ado, I think it's time we get into our review of episode four, sixteen, whatever of uh, One Punch Man: The Metal Bat. A little bad. A little bad. These, this episode was actually pretty good. I enjoyed this one quite a bit, as we'll talk about going in. Uh, and speaking of, as we open to a sepia-toned scene of a kid sitting down in front of a television, who at first, I swear to God, was Knives from Trigun. I mean, you're not far off. I, I'm really not, in all honesty. The more I think about it, honestly. Uh, but he's watching an action or superhero program, the Super Sentai or something. Yeah, just, justice, justice guy or yeah, justice, justice or something. Justice man or something. I don't know. Yeah. And the kid is like pissed off, not because Justice Man or Lad or whoever is losing, but because the theme song of him pops up, and he's like, "Oh man, he's gonna butt in on that evildoer's elaborate scheme." Yeah, Devil Earl. <laughs> Hi, my name is Devil Earl. Uh, yeah, so Justice Man wins the day with a justice punch. And at this point, I finally realize it's not Knives. It's a kid version of Garu, uh, who laments when he finds out for the first time that the good guys always win. Yep. It's like, what do you mean the good guys always win? He's super he, he feels He feels bad for the monsters. He really does. In all honesty, he does. And then we shift to seeing him in as, an, uh, as an adult again, saying that he will become the strongest of all monsters so they no longer have to lose or die. He doesn't like the uh, status quo as is, so he's going right. to stand up for the little monsters. <laughs> Wasn't that the Howie Mandel movie? 
It's also Lady Gaga's fan, so. Oh, there you go. Nice. So Garu then wakes up. We're back in the present. He wakes up amidst a whole bunch of imagery of crows eating on an empty street. That's kind of cool. And then it gets really funny because I forgot. It's been a while since I've watched this. I forgot yes. that he's laying in a pile of trash bags. Because yeah, uh, Saitama thought he was a mugger. And just, like, bitched him out. Yep. One-punched him. And then what's really interesting about this is that he looks he, like he's been... He, he judo-chopped him is what he did. Oh, that's right. He did judo-chop him. I forgot about that. Because he just learned about martial arts. Oh, that's right. He forgot to know what martial arts are. <laughs> and what's great about this is he wakes up and he's in the he's on the garbage but it looks like he was like very gently set there like a chair was made of garbage for him and he was just yes. set on it because he was in the street when Saitama dropped him yeah so you know that Saitama set up those garbage like things like gently to be like here have a seat so you at least yeah. when you wake up you're, you're you're nice and comfy he came out of the Luke shop and he felt bad about it so he gave him a little beanbag chair so great like a little, a little, a little baked beanbag chair Yes! Oh my god, I fucking love it. Um, so we get our theme song, um, and I swear there's images in the theme song entrance intro this time that I don't remember from last time, but I'm probably yeah. just forgetting. I think they are peppering in different imagery. Okay. Different characters, different imagery. I think they are. Okay. I kind of thought that was the case. I kind of thought it was like, you know, the original... Because we talked about it when we reviewed Trigum, that in the American version, they just decided to stick with, like, one of the intros. But, like... In later episodes, like, they would constantly change the introduction. Right. It was playing, like, you know, with the music under it. Um, so, yeah, I think you're, I think that's kind of what is going on here with this particular moment. Uh, we cut to the Hero Society or Association, or is it Hero Association? The Hero Association. Thank you. I can never remember. It has remember. been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. Uh, and a bunch of suits are sitting around talking about the attack on director Zymeet. Uh, you'll remember that. Uh, well, hopefully you remember him as the guy that was flirting with the women, yeah. And basically, like, oh, I know here, I know uh, a king and all these other superheroes, and they're like, baby, I want to jump your bones. And no, we don't want to, but uh, be well to meet on my mask. It's, oh, it's on my mask. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, He's they were. Like, I know on my mask. No, yeah, he was just being a creep. They were just like, eh, I guess if I have to, and we totally get a call back to when he was uh, essentially got his vibe completely shut down by Garu. We're reminded also that Garu beat the shit out of the entire tank top clan. He did. So we shift then to a shack and we see Garu crossing out the like X's over the faces of a number of heroes. And then he focuses on King who yep. we know is not a badass. We know that. But he doesn't, right? Like he's it's almost like he's building up for this like climactic battle with King eventually. Like like that's who he wants to square off yeah, against. You know what I think it is, honestly. He has been using that almanac and his fights to learn the techniques of the, the fighters. He can't learn anything about King. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing to learn. No. But he doesn't he doesn't know that. Exactly. So he just he can't figure out what to do to fight King because Yes. He's like obsessing over him almost in a way. Yeah. We cut to King's home at this point, and he's, of course, playing video games uh, with a cell phone tucked and cradled under his uh, shoulder. And he's talking to the people from the Hero Association who are essentially like, yeah, we want you to be a bodyguard for the director. And he yep, says, I love this. This is so good. He says, no. And they're like, no. And he's like, yeah, 
Because I'm in the middle of a battle. Yeah, I just about got to the boss. <laughs> Which was what's great about that is it makes you wonder since he's on the phone. Are they thinking like, oh, he's fighting some sort of evildoer? Oh, absolutely. They absolutely <laughs> think that. But it's like, he's actually playing a video game. I love that. That's so good. So good. We cut to a sushi house. And uh, with King out of the picture, we get a pairing of, I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's the same director. I think it's a different director. It's not. It's a different guy. They call him a director later on. So there must be more. He, he's a director. Yes. So there's he there he's wearing a pinstripe yeah. suit, yep, a red bow tie, and there's a mini version of him also wearing the same thing. Yep. I knew I had it in my notes here. It's Narinki, a VIP sponsor of the Hero Association, and his son, Waganma. Wagan Waganma? Sure. Okay. I'm I'm not gonna remember those names or use them in any time during my review. No, no, but they're out there. We did it. So we 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 gave you all the information, the pert information. The only thing we're missing is who they're voice acted by. Remember we used to do that. that. Anywho, I mean, uh, we so, did. We well, didn't used to do that. That's true. We didn't do that at all. Uh, come back on the show, Josh. Um, so <laughs> they're eating sushi at one of those cool ass restaurants I've always wanted to go to, where they have the conveyor belt and they yep. send shit down the conveyor belt. Yeah, and you had and you paid depending on. The number and color of the plates. Yeah, I fucking love that. That's I amazing. Would, I would rack up such a bill. You would go broke. <laughs> I would. I either, need, I either need to be limited or I need all you can eat. Exactly. Remember when I ruined the all you can eat on that, at that one sushi restaurant? <laughs> yes. I do recall this. Bastard. Sam, like, texts me the next day and she's like, really? They've got, like, five <laughs> things crossed off. <laughs> and then they would have business. <laughs> Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> so this director or, or whatever his role is, uh, is floored by the fact that this food could be not only so cheap, but so inferior. His son wanted to see what peasant food was like, is what he says. <laughs> I believe that was the line, peasant food. But his son is actually fucking stoked, though, because they're like, he's like, Dad, there's pudding! <laughs> right? <laughs> and It's like, it's reminds- like a fucking snack pack. Yeah, it reminds me of of a fame of the famous saying, "Never get between a rich kid and his pudding." Well, I mean, I thought it was a fat kid pudding. I, I think it was paraphrased from from Millie, but anywho, uh, so the Richies try to put the plates back on the conveyor belt, right? But, but Metal Bat just like swipes them away consistently. He's that like, was one of the funniest things. It's really good. He's like, "You've got to keep them in front of you so they know what to bill you." <laughs> uh, and metal bat it, before this even like he says like am i in hell like did i did i make the wrong choice <laughs> yes metal bat indeed you are in hell pretty much <laughs> um the even has like an inner monologue in her thought where he says the next time a plate goes back i'm gonna kill them both <laughs> love it uh, i kind of love metal bat here and we've talked about it before but this season has done a really good job of doing these spotlight episodes they have. They certainly have. And some of these characters are a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think they're they're doing a really good job of picking and choosing because as we'll see in the next episode, you know, like someone like Metal Knight will appear. But yeah. like we don't we don't need to have a, a spotlight episode on on that character. We know what he's about, we know he's a dick. We don't need it. He's not got any depth that makes him fun. 
Right. You know, but, but we're like, all going to, we, we've seen enough of them to know that we're all going to enjoy if and when someday Saitama punches him and turns him to red goo. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. But that's not the case with Metal Bat, whereas Metal Bat is a character who we've seen fight in that big giant S-class versus, you know, like the world at the end of season one. And like it's kind of cool to see kind of him by himself, see his abilities, learn a little bit more about him. And we feel good cheering him on. Oh, totally. I really, I really come to like Metal Bat quite a bit in this episode. Uh-huh. So he gets a call from his sister. And at first I'm thinking, it's definitely not his sister. He's covering it. It's a girlfriend, right? Like, it's got to be. But yeah, it turns no. out, as we'll see later on, it is his sister. Yep. Um, she's upset because he isn't taking her out shopping. And then he accidentally, like, says, but I'm working, but I'm at a sushi shop. And then that just pisses her off. Right. And she starts she's crying. Like, yeah. He's not doing real work. Right. Because he does, she doesn't understand he's bodyguarding some douche. Yeah. And not, like, actually out just, like, having food. Which is what he should have just said. Hey, I'm doing a bodyguard job. Right. But he didn't. And he's actually, once he's off that call, just seconds later, two insectoid monsters crash into the restaurant. Uh, I, not actually insectoid. They, one of them is a plant. Oh, that's right. And if we want to be really pedantic about it, uh, a centipede's not an insect. True. That is, that is true. Um, Um, We get, we get uh, Junior Centipede and Venus Mantrap. Oh, yes. Actually, I didn't get Junior Centipede. I didn't know who, what, what that guy's name was. I did catch him. The uh, the dub used a different name. Um, I, I found a couple of these characters have uh, different names being used in the dub and then being used in other places. Like, basically, their actual Japanese name is being used in the dub, yeah. uh, but there's translations out there. So, basically, his name translates to Junior Centipede. Got it. These are creepy fucking monsters, by the way. They are. They creep my shit out. Especially the Centipede. That's, that's straight up, like... A human face embedded in the exoskeleton. I fucking hate it. <laughs> kind of reminds me of um. Kind of reminds me of uh, Iria, like the 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 Zerum or whatever that like is chasing yeah. him. That like, has yep. that like really creepy ass face. Yep, yep. All the centipedes remind me of that. Yeah, little crazy. It just creeps me out. I don't like it. <laughs> so the they grab a hold of this kid, and. They apparently are working for someone because they are also holding, uh, the centipede is holding in one of his little claws, like uh, little, little feeler things, like a picture of the kid. And he's like, yes, yeah, looks like him. He's got a dossier. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't, think, I don't think they have the kid. I think they have the dad. They're just like, they hey, look. They, they grab him both. The dangling. They, 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 they definitely have grabbed the kid because the kid's like up there like shouting like, yeah. They grab him. But I think they just have the picture of the dad. Oh, I think they just okay. go like, hey, twofer, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. They might have right. got away with it if he wasn't creepy and dressed his kid like himself. Right, exactly. I'm just a random secret urchin. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll just take first guy. <laughs> Pay no attention to me. Uh, Metal Bat's having none of this kidnappery, like, at all. No, not uh, at he, all. he flourishes and, and puts on his leather jacket. He tosses his bat way up in the air and catches it with style. He even spits on his hands to get a good grip. Because, you know, a little spit goes a long way. And, uh, spit on it first. Spit on it first. And he says, they haven't paid yet. And that's why uh, he's going to protect them. Not because he likes them, but they haven't paid him for his services. Well, I thought he was doing it because they hadn't paid the restaurant yet. I See, I got the idea. I guess that could be too, right? Because like, the hero, like, hero Association is going to pay him. 
He's worried that the that the food service workers uh, are getting paid. Ten times better. It I does. Like so I like that's that. how I read it. They cut away to the fighting tournament. Remember that? So if you don't remember, fans... We'll get a lot of that next episode. Yeah, and it's great. If you don't remember Saitama, or don't remember what's going on with this fighting tournament, last time, uh, Chiranko got fucked up. Yes. And he's in the hospital. So, by Garu. Like, yes, by Garu. So... Saitama said, you know, at the end of the last episode or whatnot, what if I went and fought in this tournament and even bought a Chironko-looking wig? It's pretty amazing. Because so, he has to pretend to be Chironko because you can't use somebody yeah, else's entity. Yeah, you can't just sign up for the tournament. You have to be recognized as a, as a fighter of some sort, which we'll talk about next episode quite a bit, I'm sure. He's given a form to fill out regarding his fighting style. He's <laughs> so confused. He's kind of like... Fighting style. Uh, he's he's so confused that we actually get a rare instance of him actually with a, a sweat drop on the back of his head during the scene, which I appreciate very much. Yes, absolutely. And as a sailor, as a sailor moon aficionado, I always love when we see a good sweat drop. Well, usually he's just so out of it he doesn't, or so confident he doesn't care. He doesn't sweat drop because he's not worried. He's a fish out of water. Yeah, absolutely. So he then goes over the brackets and uh, name drops a few of the fighters. But he's interrupted by someone that knew Chironko. And at first, when he walks in, like, obviously, like, the entire time, Saitama's, like, covering up his face with the paper that has, like, the bracket on it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want this guy to see him and obviously not recognize or recognize that it's not him. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy, I think, introduces himself as Fist of Seltzer Water on the Rocks? No, that I... is, that's what... Uh... Saitama wrote, instead of uh, Fist of Crushing Water, whatever that style is. I yeah. have my notes here somewhere. But no, that's what uh, Saitama couldn't remember the name of it. Just like, I can't. Oh. So he wrote his fighting style down as Seltzer Water on the Rocks. That makes so much more sense now, especially when the dude is all like, you don't even remember your fighting style. Right, that's exactly. Uh, see, I, I thought maybe like this dude had like a name that was a drink order or a fucking exalted name or something. He has a Japanese name, but it translates to Sour Face. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I so think I remember that later on. Yeah, so that's what I'll be calling him exclusively, a Sour okay. Face. Okay, I will, I will try to do the same. So when Sour Face says that Chironko could never defeat him, Saitama gets serious. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're only the top student because you're the only student. <laughs> I, love, I love that, too. He's like, he's just like, you're, you are the top student. And it is funny to think, like, yeah, he is his only one. Bang's only student at this point. Speaking he, of he's on the mend in a hospital, and he's wondering. <laughs> he's on the roof. <laughs> he's on the roof, staring out at the city, and he's like, man, I hope Saitama doesn't get a stupid idea. He wouldn't be dumb enough to fight my place in a tournament, would he? <laughs> oh, no. And he kind of, like, gets his mouth <laughs> He's he really stupid. He probably will. Um, Chiranko is greeted then by an equally beat-up Moomin Rider who also got bitched out pretty hard last time we saw him. Yeah, he he took some hits. But he's still alive, and that's all that matters. Right. So Sourface says that he got into the tournament for two reasons. One, to make a name for himself as a fighter. And two, because of what happened last tournament. And apparently what happened last tournament was a, a masked fighter named Wolfman beat the shit out of everyone in the tournament and won. Um, but then when they, they found out a little bit later that Wolfman actually was, stu- was stuffed and stashed in a locker. Right. So somebody took the Wolfman mask and competed 
incognito as Wolfman. Gee, I wonder who named would take the name of Wolfman. More of the werewolf similarities here. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought the same thing. Um, um, yeah, it turns out to be... It's here. also interesting because that is what Saitama's doing. Oh, totally. He's doing the same thing, right? And yeah. it's in that moment, like, he... Because Saitama freaks out because... Sourface is all just like, because of that, they had to change the regulations and there's no headgear. And we get like a shot of Saitama's wig. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you could get locked up for this if you like, you know, impersonate some other fighter. I'll sue you, I'll sue you and find you and maybe even arrest you. And the entire time Saitama is sweating so much. Like the sweat is drenching through everything. Yeah, standing in a puddle. It's pretty damn good. Speaking of Garu, we cut back to him and the kid. Because he, he walks back into the park. Yeah. And that Satan kid from a couple episodes ago is still reading his book. Yep. He says, hey, kid, can I borrow that book yet? And the kid's like, no, but you could read it with me. Which is cute. It's, it's kind of cute. We cut back to Saitama once again. When Garu's name is mentioned, he says, I think I've heard of him, maybe. <laughs> Classic Saitama. Right? Fucking, the dude that he beat up. Classic Saitama. Um, apparently this man talking to Saitama, this, this sour face, uh, also trained under Bang. We find out this part. This is where we yeah. find out that he's part of the dojo. And this is how he, he was used- there. He was there when Garu went off and he couldn't yeah. do those, so he didn't get killed. Yeah, and we see this in a flashback scene where essentially they're training and then Garu just stops suddenly. He's like, I think I've learned everything I need to learn. Fucking <laughs> done. And then he beats the shit out of everyone. Yep. Sourface wants to win the tournament, get his mojo back, and then get maybe some revenge on Garu for what he did. Mm-hmm. And he has a few more harsh words for uh, Saitama, but I think this is a good place to head into our break card. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Me too. Welcome to The Break Card. My name is Andy, and hopefully you are enjoying yet another episode of Tuning Japanese, a podcast where we're reviewing here in Season 5, One Punch Man. I'll try to keep this a little short today. We are working uh, the best we can to try to figure out schedules and remote recording and all the like for episodes. We have recorded Episode 16, which you're listening to now, as well as Episode 17 thus far. Again, I apologize for the quality of the audio. It's not quite what you are probably used to from us. Um, We are going to be trying to come up with some other things. Um, We were just trying to find a way to do it quickly and in a very easy way. Um, Recording uh, with separate audio works, but it takes a little extra time to edit. We're going to see kind of what specifically will work best for us. If you have suggestions or feedback, just let us know. Um, You can hit us up on facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, at tuningjapanese on Twitter, and you can email us, tuningjapanese at gmail.com. You can also head over to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese and donate as little as $1 a month if you have the means to do so. There's all kinds of great stuff you can get, bonus content, um, show notes, bonus episodes, physical rewards like pins and stickers, as well as making suggestions for different things for our show. If you are able to do so, we would appreciate that very much. If you can't afford anything monetary right now, totally understand the way things are currently. You can leave us a five-star rating or review. We haven't gotten a new five-star rating or review in a little bit here, so uh, those go really a long way to help out, uh, to help other people find our show. So if you have a second and you have not yet reviewed our show, please 
consider taking a second to do so. It really honestly does help, especially now when a lot more people are looking to media for distraction, you know, trying to find a, a wider audience would help us out really a ton in the long run. We're going to get back into this episode, our review of episode 16. I hope all of you are safe. I hope all of you are staying well. And let's get back to our review. Hey, we're back from the break card, and we're back at the hospital. Shiranko and Moomen are still talking about Saitama entering the tournament, and Shiranko's really worried, but Moomen's like, don't worry, Saitama is a true hero. He wouldn't do that. Never. And even if he does fight, he'll be fine. He'll do well. Uh, and we cut away to the to Saitama, and the man who calls himself Sourface once again says that if he hadn't left the dojo, he would be the top disciple, not Chirago. Um But this, this is interesting because at this point, Saitama's had enough. Like, he's taken a brow beating for a solid, like, 20 minutes here. Right, for somebody else. For somebody else. So he has had enough. He says, look, I took on Garu myself, and here I am. And anyone that ran away from a from the dojo and their responsibilities shouldn't even bother to be in the tournament and shouldn't even think about, like, being anyone tough. Right. He just runs him down, and then that pisses Sourface off, and he leaves um, with a few snarky remarks. Uh, not wrong. It's not wrong. Not at all. Uh, and Saitama laments at not knowing what a real fight is, because that's, that's what Sourface says, you know, like, like, you don't even know what a real fight is. And then he leaves, and... Saitama's like, I don't. I don't know what a real fight is. You're right. It's kind of sad. <laughs> you saw through me. <laughs> you, 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 really, you really got me here in my heart, <laughs> in my soul. Hey, let's go back to Metal Bat, shall we? Yes, let's. So we missed the fight. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, it wasn't even worth showing us. Yeah, he just eats some sushi, and uh, the opponents are down. And uh, while he is sitting on top of their corpses, the dudes in the suits start taking pictures on their cell phones. Uh, but then the, the remnant of the centipede man bug thing and the one called Venus people trap, um, they start to taunt Metal Bat. Venus man trap. Sorry, Venus man trap. Taunts... It's a sexist plant. Okay, it's a sexist. I mean, it's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, they taunt Metal Bat a bit, stating that he isn't necessarily at the top of the food chain and that... They were too, but there's someone better coming, and that's Senta Senpai. Right. Now, in the notes I have here of the more direct translations, this one is called Senior Centipede. Senior Centipede. I but, like um, Senta Senpai, and I know if Josh were here, he would be marking out. I, I think Senta Senpai is definitely the better name. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So that's who crashes through the building, sending metal back and the two guys reeling. Yep. But he's not alone. He's yep. joined by one of those giant rotting flowers that the Pokemon Vileplume is named after. Yeah, those corpse flowers. That yeah, monster but... is apparently named Raffleshidon. Yeah, and I think uh, in my version it was Lafrishidon, but I think that's a there's a weird thing with the L and the R again. Right. Yeah, I think that is what that was. And yeah, it's they both digivolved basically. Essentially, I mean, yeah, I mean, kind of, it's kind of a Digimon moment here. We cut briefly back to the rooftop where Moomin Rider keeps talking about how great Saitama is. And then we then cut to a, a shot of Saitama who's got snot running out of his out of his nose. And he's waiting impatiently reading manga in an empty room. 
<laughs> it's just another one of those great juxtapositions of like Moomen being like he's the greatest, and Saitama's like I just want to fight someone. He's bored. He's got his feet like pressed together. So good, so good. We don't see a lot of Saitama in this episode, but what we do is golden. Right. I mean, I think that's really the way this premise works is you don't see Saitama. You know, there's comedy of him dicking around yeah. while shit's while shit's going on. And I find that I mean it's interesting because again. If Saitama were there, it wouldn't be an issue. Exactly. And he wouldn't get the character built. And it's it's just another way that the writers are writing him out of the narrative. And it's they're doing it in a really, really clever way. Yeah, I mean they have to write him out of the narrative. Yeah. To give it it's almost the point. And it's also really interesting that like this tournament, which we'll talk about next episode especially, is going on. And we have there's like a series of threats on the cities, on all these different towns. And, like, I guess just because of the fact that he's not ranked higher, he may be the most powerful of all the beings, of all the heroes, but because he's ranked so low, like, they're not calling him in to fight anything. Right, and they know what his physical stats are. Yeah, so interesting. Because there's that one guy that's like, oh, well, he did score pretty good on those physicals, so, you know, maybe we should have let him fight. No shit. Yeah, so we cut back to Garu and the kid in the park one more time, and we get a shot of Watchdog Man from the book. Yes. And I, I love Garu's response where he says, just looks like a dog or a guy in a dog suit to me, which is still, I understand. You've told me. Yeah. It's really scary. But to me, he's still just a guy in a dog suit. And we get a bit of information. We get a small info dump on, on this guy here in this scene, um, including a fucking, what I think is one of the weirdest shots we've had in, in, in any episode for a while, of him sitting on a pillar in the center of town like a dog with like people surrounding him taking pictures. Yeah, that's what he does. That's his point of vigilance. It's fucking weird. It is kind of weird. No, it's but really I, weird. I wonder if that's like like he's a statue, like he's some kind of a guardian statue or like one of those food dogs that are guarding temples or something. That's interesting cuz it kind of looks like one of those like stands where they they sit on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Kind of a, a similar sort of feel. Yep. I, I can see that. I like that. So apparently a demon level threat goes off, obviously, with the appearance of Senta Senpai and Vile Plume. And uh, the kid freaks out. The kid jumps up and he's scared. And Garo says, yeah, go home, kid. It'll be fine. Um, which, again, I just love this dynamic between these two. Yeah, he doesn't... He has no issue with kids whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like He doesn't want to hurt them. He doesn't... And that will come up again in just a little bit. It so will. remember that. Uh, so, of course, Garu is grinning at the thought of taking on Metal Bat because they hear in the announcement that Metal Bat is handling the situation. Right. And he's like, yes, another S-Class hero. About time. So we cut back to the battle. The battle, we actually see this battle, uh, where Metal Bat is holding his own, but struggling uh, to hold back attacks like Centipede Parade. <laughs> Which was kind of cool. It is kind of cool, but it's like... These names, man. So you know things are tough as uh, Metal Bat at this point has lost his jacket. Right. His sleeve is cut cut open and such. And he asks why they're after the the father and son. He's like, hey, why are you guys after these two? Like, what's the point? And they said, we'll reveal it, but you have to defeat us first. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, do you beat me up? So you beat me up, which gives, I think, uh, Metal Bat a little bit of extra onus of like, well, then I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Uh, he starts to fade from the smell let off by Vile Plume. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's a hypno scent. He used yep, sleep powder. Like yep, basically. It was super effective. 
And he looks like he's going to fade, and the centipede is just beating the shit out of him until he goes all hardcore wrestler and starts hitting himself with his own bat. Yep. Which apparently knocks himself out of that stupor. I thought, I, I thought that was a moment that you would like. He busts himself up over the bat. Yeah, he, he, he uh, gives himself a little color. <laughs> and this just, like, freaks them out, like, the monsters. Cause they're like, he's beating himself up and he's fine. And yeah, he just basically swings through the fences, knocks off one of the hundred arms of the centipede, and then uh, basically claims, it's my fighting spirit. Love yep, the Gurren Lagann, like, vibes there. Well, that's his, that's his superpower, basically, is the, yeah. more, the more he gets beat on, the more hurt he gets, the more powerful he gets. Yeah, I, I dig it. He's like a slow Hulk. Yeah, basically. Yep. Yeah, like, that's a really good way of putting it. He realizes too late after he one becomes one swing man. Right. Babe Ruth's the hell out of these monsters. Just 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 straight up Sammy Sosa to the face. Uh, and like, I'm a nice guy, so I'm just gonna hit you once each. Yeah, and then just destroys them in one yeah. hit each and realizes, well shit, I didn't get a chance to ask them what they were doing with these guys. And turns and walks over to the son and father, and they're just slumbering peacefully with that anime like bubble coming out of their nose or whatever. Right. Love it. Um, but unfortunately, timing-wise, uh, a Class C hero and a Class B hero show up a little too late. Uh, yep. This is Class C hero Mohican? Mohican. Mohi- oh, is it Mohican? Yep. I guess it would be Mohican, wouldn't it? That's uh, yeah. He's He's got like a weird punk rock look to him. Yeah, I don't really get it. Um... I don't really understand the name, but I don't know. And then a Class B hero, which might be my favorite hero of all of them. His name is Pineapple. Yep. And it's self-explanatory. He's got the suit like the Shocker. He does. But then he's got like the green plumes come off his head. He's got like pineapple rings for like shoulder pads. It's also kind of reminiscent of the uh, the pine arms I have for Kamen Rider Gaim. Yes, I can absolutely see that. <laughs> so they show up a little too late. And uh, we cut back to HQ once again. And they're just relishing in their victory. But then one guy goes, but remember last time this happened two years ago? Yeah. He's coming. And it's like building up this tension for apparently a force that could level the whole city. Yep. And almost on cue, the ground beneath the city bursts open and out pops what I thought at the time was it was going to be like Millipede Senpai. Right. But apparently it's another centipede, even though it has like five billion legs. Um, this is Sentichoro. Or Elder Centipede. Or Elder Centipede. And this is a dragon level threat. Yep. And Metal Bat, he ain't scared. He tells the mooks to get the director and his son to safety. Right, so they're not too late. They actually do something... They do something useful. Valuable, yeah. Yeah. And before Senti Choro can kill those two heroes, Metal Bat swings for the fences again with a mighty blow that knocks the monster off course, but then makes his whole body shake. It's like that thing where if you took like a metal baseball bat and you hit something like really solid, like it was yeah, just like... Yeah, like the thing he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. Like, he hits this thing, and he's like, oh, my God, this thing is too difficultly, like, solid. But then realizes, oh, yeah, I can just hit this thing in the face. Because it well, moved he went, its... Yeah, it moved the face away from him. Yeah, so he's like, well, that must be his weak point, then. Obby. So Metal Bat reenacts um, the little Shadow of the Colossus by running up the monster's back, and then uses his fighting spirit dragon pummelin move. Right. That's I-N with an apostrophe, by the way. Pummelin. Yep. Yep, I think um, he does another one of those later where it's the move is actually like abbreviated like that. Nice. 
And this seems to kind of work. But then the monster uses a move called Centipede Undulation, which is like the most Lovecraftian move I think I've ever heard of. Yep, yep. I don't really know what it does. He just shook back and forth yeah. and broke a bunch of shit. I mean, he's just, he's just undulating. I mean, that's yeah. it. So like when you grab the end of a slinky and you pull it way out and then you just start yeah. taking the shit out of ba- it. Basically what happens, but on a larger scale. Yeah. So near the end of the episode here, um, there's an evacuation order and people are fleeing for their lives. And through it comes Garu, who just wants to know if Metal Bat's going to live through this whole questionable endeavor. He comes flying down right by Garu, looking defeated. He just like slumps over. So Garu feels robbed of, the, of, uh, of his time, essentially. He's like a monster other than me, took down Metal Bat? Like, that's not cool. He doesn't get the fun of fighting Metal Bat, because, like, yeah. sure, I can kill him now, but why? And I love it, because as he's, like, lamenting, Metal Bat has, is, like, walking right by him. Yeah. In this really, like, interesting shot where he's just like, well, kind of get back in the fight. I got a centipede to deal with. Uh-huh. Uh, Garu states how his new opponent is not the centipede, but him, and goes in for attack that Metal Bat blocks, Metal Bat says, bring it on, and we close the episode. Dun-dun-dun. Dun, that was episode 16, The Metal Bat. Uh, so this is the part of the show where we talk about our thoughts on the episode, and I will start. It was a good one. This one was fun. It's one of those ones where it feels like a, a nice little two-parter that sets up, obviously, the real crazy shit to happen later. Um, I, I really enjoyed the stuff with Saitama setting up the tournament. Like, it's not even just setting up this fight with Sentachoro or Elder Centipede, but it's setting up the whole tournament intro. So it's it's a really classic, like, kind of first of two parts that we see in anime all the time. And you know I'm a sucker for those. It's a format we both enjoy. Yeah. And it works well. So, yeah, it's it's we get a bit of world building. We get character building. Garu is continuing to kind of start to feel like more threatening, um, right. even even though Saitama was able to smack him down pretty easily. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. Absolutely, yeah. This again, having a character profile of a character we like, you know, we see that he gives a shit that these rich people didn't pay for their meal, and you know, we see that he's smart enough to say, "Hey, you guys, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Take the hostages and run." Yep. Like I said, the character building, the hero building episodes are really good. And it's always kind of fun to have the escalation of a new form and an older, bigger, badder version. Yeah. It was kind of odd we didn't get a, a giant plant, though. Yeah, we don't. And we don't get it in the next episode either, I don't believe. No, I don't think we ever do. Yeah. Um, so I guess the centipede is like the top of the food chain of these bad guys or whatever. Well. Well, kind we find of. Out. We find yeah. out next episode. <laughs> But that's for episode 17, which is titled The Martial Arts Tournament. But for now, it's time to say it to you. Bill, will you bring us out of here? Sure. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about anime. You want to practice chokeholds until you black out again? I'm Bill. And uh, you want me to finish you off? <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that one. <laughs> My name is Andy. And we will see you next time. Or really soon right now. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. 
can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on YouTube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to Patreon.com slash Tuning Japanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt, Brian Nash, and Cameron Baer. fighting spirits up, I can take almost anything. You know, you really slapped the hell out of me just now. But I'm nice, so I'll let you chew off the hook easy. Just one whack each, and we'll call it even! It's been a while since I had to try that hard. Ah, huh? oh, crap! I forgot to find out what they were after! Wait a space on that one.